I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Tell me your tales. This is the Road to Berlin podcast. Not sure what number we're up to here. Numbers are starting to blend together a bit, but I do know that we're four weeks out from the Berlin Marathon just as uh, we recorded this. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all those people who have been sending us listener questions on Strava or on our Facebook page at Tell Me Your Tales or uh, um, on the email at bradytrailful at gmail.com. That's really appreciated. New music at the start there. Hope you enjoyed that. That's uh, music by Benny Walker, and as we're recording this, it has just been just gone number one on the iTunes chart for um, the blues category, which is pretty cool. Hope you liked it. I'm going to put in full at the end. Benny's an absolute legend. Tunes into the show all the time, and um, yeah, lives around the corner. Loves his running. Yeah, real good bloke. Really recommend that you check out some of his songs. I couldn't rec- them, recommend them higher. Hope you enjoy this chat. Um, about now this week, things are things are getting a bit closer to race day, and there's plenty of good chat all about running in there. As I said, thanks for tuning in again. If you get an opportunity to leave a review on the iTunes store for um, this podcast, that would be really appreciated. All right, guys. Cheers. Bye. Right, fellas, four weeks out, less than a month, hitting the business end. How are we going tonight? Yeah, Phil, I'm going all right. And I must say at this stage as well, massive thank you for giving up all this time. I think we've probably done about 10 of these episodes, put an hour of every episode at least, and the stuffing around that we do before and afterwards. It's um, probably 10, 12 hours of your time I've taken up, and I must admit I didn't really expect that this podcast series would blow up in the way it has. Yeah, well, I have a lot of people come in the store or comment on Strava or, or whatever about um, that they've listened to it and that they're taking a lot from it. And I look forward to it every week. So, uh, yeah, it's all, all good. Yeah, it's making my Mondays a bit more enjoyable knowing that I get to talk to you two fellas at the end of it. So, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one of those interesting little projects. It's just, yeah, the Strava followers and the people like sending emails and writing comments and 
all those kind of things, it's really appreciated that it's bringing some kind of value to people's lives. Plenty of fun. Yeah. All right, Brad, injury, give us an update. Uh, not much different from last week, really. Um, I haven't run at all in the last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I just decided that I was just going to give it some time. Uh, I have done a little bit of cycling, but um, even that sort of aggravates it a bit because um, I've I borrowed a mate's turbo trainer, which is they're pretty cool actually. You hook them up to the hook them up into the PowerPoint, and then use an app on your computer, which will program how many watts you want to push or whatever. Um, and so I can use my I can use my bike inside and watch you know watch the TV. And um, but I just find even being in my cycling shoes with the motion of sort of up and down on the pedals, um, I can ride for an hour or so relatively pain-free, but I finish and um, I have crepitus through the through the tendon. So um, I'm going to stop even doing that for the next week. Um, so tendon itself isn't too sore to push anymore, um, but I'm still having issues when I try and put on running shoes. I try to pair on Saturday just to walk around the house and it hurt just walking. So, um, yeah, so nothing really to report on the running front at all. Um, mentally, I'm pretty good now. Um, I guess I always reckon the first one or two weeks is the hardest mentally because you know that you haven't lost any fitness and that if you can get back, um, then things will be still on track. Um, but then once you get to... I don't know, like now, for example, it's just too much water under the bridge to um, contemplate, you know, running really well in Berlin. So just found other things to distract my to distract my mind with. Like booking holidays. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So I hadn't planned anything post-Berlin um, before I got injured, but since I got injured, I've uh, pulled my finger out and um, booked accommodation, booked flights, just researching where we're going to go, what we're going to do, and just takes my mind off not being able to run. So Yeah, it's pretty draining some of that stuff too, isn't it? So it's a good kind of distraction. Yeah, yeah. There's lots, uh, yeah, lots of Airbnb places to um, scroll through. Yeah, are you staying in mostly Airbnbs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did all our travel last year through that, and it was awesome. Yeah. Other so than the dodgy, looking, the dodgy Berlin, Berlin tax, Julian's getting hit with that, I reckon, aren't you, Julian? <laughs> oh, yeah, we've already worked that out. We wondered what that was. It's pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. They add that on, I reckon. It's a bit dodgy when you get there. They just want a few extra euros off you. It's like another $500 or something. Yeah, you're staying something. in some mansion or something over there, aren't you? Oh, I don't think so. Aren't you staying in like a huge house with heaps of people? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a mansion. Brie organised it. I haven't seen it yet. Look, I just know who we're staying with. Yeah, right. That's good. Um, so, Brad, what are you thinking around race day? Like, we're starting to get closer, I guess, you know, four weeks. Are you thinking, you know, can it get good and you can put two weeks together and make it a, a solid long run or just experience or not sure? Yet? Yeah. So I spoke to my coach today, I, or just on, um, on Facebook or whatever, and uh, I said – so assuming I was running, you know, relatively pain-free by the end of this week, should I, and then I gave him like five options, should I not race at all and stand on the sidelines? Should I do it as a Sunday long run and just, you know, take in the atmosphere? 
should I do it as a solid like tempo? So like, you know, maybe two hours 30 or something. Um, should I run a solid first half and then just cruise? Um, so there's all these different options. And he said, look, just it's too, like, it's too early to make a call on that until I actually do get some running under my belt. Um, but my one goal at the moment is to actually be running when I'm in Europe. Um, so, yeah, which still gives me three weeks to try and get on top of it. And, like, I'd be stoked if I could just run an hour a day for the whole five weeks that I'm away. Um, and, you know, I'm, so I'm not going to make a call yet on what I'm going to do um, in Berlin. Uh, it's certainly – I doubt it'll be a, a full-on race, that's for sure. Um, Jules, what's, what's Mona doing in Berlin? Oh, yeah, I I'm not sure. He's not running at the moment. Yeah, so. Right. Might, um, might, yeah. spend, uh, might spend three hours with Mona running the streets of Berlin. Yeah, if he, if he gets there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Both boys might um, be the same boat here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just basically, I guess now, late BWAR is my, my focus. Um, so I just want to get back to being able to run and ideally run while I'm away and then, um, I guess, come back, you know, not in great shape, but least sort of you know least running like people will come around um pretty quick though like that's a pretty quick turnaround to is it early march yeah early march yeah um so i think it's tw- uh so oh, what is it it's um i know we, we get back on like the 22nd of october and i think it's close i think it's about 19 weeks from then so it's yeah it's a, it's a fair way away yeah 19's plenty yeah. of time yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, good, good, good. Um, how's Viv going? Yeah, good. She uh did two and a half hours on Sunday, so yeah. um, yeah, she's gonna go a bit long. She, I think she's gonna try and do 30k this Sunday, yeah. Um, but we're gonna break, I, I might even jump on the bike with her, and I think we'll break it up into 5k intervals with a 1k float. Um, because yeah, that way I guess you get a solid thirty k in, but it'll you know it'll be um, a bit more marathon specific for her. And you've been a bit better to live with this week. Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty good. Like I still have, uh, I still have the occasional down period. Like there was one night where I had a <laughs> I had a dream about the start of Berlin, and it was a weird yeah. You know, like dreams never sort of when you wake up in the morning, you're always like. Uh, I know what it was about, but it doesn't all sort of piece together. Like, for some reason, I remember that they had us all lined up like a starting grid of a Formula One. That's exactly yeah. how they do it over there. <laughs> um, anyway. No joke. And, uh, they, they've got, a, like, your number spray-painted on the road for the sub-elite and the elite guys. Really? Yeah, like, Josh had a spot where he had to stand on the road. So, like, it's, like, Kip saying at the oh, front wow. and Kip Chogi and Bikili, like, they had their numbers on there and the sub elite and the elite guys match up with their spray painted lines there you go so i didn't even know that but i had a dream like (laughs) you're like brown Um, game of thrones yeah but then uh yeah i I woke up in the middle of the night and then i was just like ah shit i'm not you know like that yeah it's just just little just times like that where something reminds you of you know berlin and that you're not you know you're not going to be in the shape that you wanted to be in but um yeah but generally i'm I'm much better because uh, just changed the focus, I suppose. Was Julian in the sub elite? Did you see him in the dream? Uh, no, Julian. I don't dream about Julian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. 
Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that's cool. That's cool. They're old, uh, the old pre-race dreams, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very. Mm. So, when are you going to test it out again? Uh, maybe later in. Yeah, maybe late this week. Um, as I said, I, I can squeeze the tendon and I still don't have any morning pain. I still don't have any pain walking barefoot or anything. Um, and I, and I can squeeze the tendon pretty damn hard with no pain. Um, but I still have a fair bit of crepitus in there. Um, so I just want to try and get rid of that completely. And, um, there's no, there's no point rushing back now. I may as well just give it a bit more time. Um, and as I said, the goal for me is to be running while I'm in Europe, um, because I've, I've actually, along with my research, Strava is such a good um, training tool to see where you can actually go for runs in, in cities. So mm. I've done the old, um, you know, I'll put in Seville, for example, in the Strava segment Explore, and it'll show me all the different segments. Not, not that I'm after the segments, but if I click on the segment, I can see obviously all the people that have run it and just click on the runs that they've done and just see where people go for runs. Um, so I'm keen to just, just be able to run around Europe. So. Yeah, it could be. Then you book. That's what. That's where you book the Airbnbs too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. About a k from the segment, just so you can warm up, and then you just smash it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if doing too much of that. <laughs> oh, mate, you're competitive. You'll be taking all these Spanish guys be writing in that Brad Croker bloke style me segment. Yeah, there'll be lots of eating and drinking in Spain. <laughs> yeah, Spain's good for that. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's move on to you, Julian. Another solid week. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, it, was, um, it wasn't massively eventful. I, I just did two workouts, um, one on Wednesday. So on Monday, I just ran easy a couple of times. Um, I think, let me, I just kind of, a lot of easy running sort of blends in now. <laughs> so I um, just did an easy morning run. I was pretty, pretty tired from the day before, that's for sure. Um, so that, that was just, I guess, working the, uh, the kinks out. And then in the afternoon, cruising on Monday loop with the gang, they run past the store, which is pretty cool. Uh, Tuesday, oh, had the day off actually Tuesday days got mixed around Tuesday and Wednesday. So I did my long run or my longish run for the day out in Canadian, which is a, I think it's a state park now, regional state park. And um, it's pretty hilly out there. It's a really nice place to run, especially on a on a morning like it was. In the afternoon, just cruised. The boys run their Tuesdays on the lake, so I tried to get down there for their warm-up and did that with them. Um, Wednesday, that was a lap. Of, oh, yeah, so I had work Wednesday, and I had to do the workout. Um, so I had to do it before work, which was... It wasn't too bad. I, the day was pretty nice down there um, in Ballarat. So I got up early, did a lap of the lake to warm up, and then did a monofartlek on the lake, which is sort of very traditional. And uh, there's probably a PB for my monofartlek. The, the, the hard thing was, like, because I've d- done so much marathon pace work, Stepping down about two or three zones to hit the ons, I, I haven't looked at it, but that, they would have been all around three minutes. I think they will be about three minutes a K for the ons. I'll have a quick squeeze. Um, yeah, they're all – actually, they're under three minutes a K. Uh, yeah, so kept them mostly around three minutes a K. Got a bit slower later on. 
Um, and then the, that was just felt like an all-out sprint. And there, that's that's what I get during these sort of marathon build-ups where you spend lots of time running a little bit slower than that is you lose the capacity to go faster and faster. So although like a 5K I, tempo or something just to, just hmm. to bust out a few uh, speedier sessions. Uh, no, I do a mono. <laughs> the mono was good. The mono, it, it's good because it sits you either side of like your threshold normally. So you can you can do 90 seconds under threshold and then you, you do 90 seconds over threshold. So, And then obviously the whole workout, you, you do that. So it's pretty good for that. Um, I, I like it because I feel like you get a really good sort of um, workout just from 20 minutes. So... The, the problem was I couldn't go f- as fast as I wanted just because my <laughs> felt like it was a sprint. But then I was still holding that pace at the end of the workout, which is a good sign. I mean, that's marathon fitness, and I'm not expecting to run super fast either. Good strength. So, good strength, exactly, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that was it. And I did this because a shorter shorter session, I wanted to, to maintain a bit of threshold work during the program. Um and just back off a big session midway through a big month. So that's why I did that one instead of doing a like a, a big workout or something like that. Do you wear the four percenters on the um, Sandy Path? Uh, yeah, I did. But during winter, we come up off the path a little bit and run on a bit of road through the gardens because it's it can get puddly and muddy and also a lot of people on a narrow track. So they... they they seriously feel so much better on the road. Mm. You, you, yeah, I don't. And the, the foam rips up a bit quick on those sharp stones, so you want to be careful of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was mono, and then I think I did a lap to cool down. Uh, so, 18, about 18K for the, the morning. Um, run club in the evening. Just had a cruisy one. Uh, then Thursday, just a couple of runs, just sort of. It's just routine after a while. You, just, you don't feel right unless you're running twice a day. Uh, and what was Thursday? Friday, same deal. Kind of just running with my uh, Friday. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just all the same Friday, yeah. Saturday. Hey, why yeah. you pause there? What was your Strava description? Bit of art appreciation around the lake. What's that mean? Oh, yeah. So Cryptic. Ran with, ran with Bree and Daltz. And we were just looking at all the houses because uh, the, the lake is like the prestigious, wealthy area to live around the lake. Um, and you, you, there's all kind of new school and old school houses. So we were just discussing what the different styles were called or what period they were from, whatever. None of us have any idea. So it wasn't very, <laughs> it wasn't very um, intelligent conversation. <laughs> but it ended up just being, do you like that one? Yep. No. <laughs> what about that one? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then listen to Josh Harris talk about his world champs. And um, I was running, I think, in zero degrees with rain at the time. So <laughs> that was the St. Moritz. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering. Paris. <laughs> you didn't get many people uh, biting on those ones, though. Usually, your Strava gets a bit more of a response than just because no one even talked about any of those things. No, oh, well, they should have, shouldn't they? It just they, went to the cat dog kind of reference it, straight it's a into bit it. Of a story. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and spend some time around that house because I saw which house it ran into. So <laughs> I know the area. Um, Saturday just ran with Berkey. We ran over a hill course. He did a tempo, and I jogged in front of him. Um, and, and then he caught me at the end. So that was that. And then drove down to Halls Gap Saturday night. I was entered in the Wonderland run, which was a um, trail race, pretty really technical kind of mountainous race down here. Breed at the 20K. Um, I, I, I pulled out of the, the race because it was too risky. It's super technical, pretty sketchy up top, and it's, it's very hilly, so it just crushes your legs. So I, just, I had a mate come up from um, Dunkel, Derek, it's about 40 minutes away he drove up and um he rode next to me on the bike for a session that i did i found a road out about 10 15 minutes out of um hall's gap uh called pomonal east road and it was it was just a super straight long road it had a few ups and downs in it but um not too bad and it's, it's Hall's Gap's quite a hard to find a flat road, even though it's mountainous. The, the, the roads are kind of sketchy because there's no bike lanes down there and people kind of tear around pretty quickly. So we needed something that was a bit safer. And I had no idea. I've only, I'd only driven down this road 500 metres the night before. So it took a bit of a punt that it stayed safe and easy. And it was just perfect. It was just a country road. No, it was maybe two or three houses along it, but mainly paddocks and about 80% asphalt and then the last 20% um, turned to dirt. So I did 4 by 6 k with 1,500 metres floating. And, yeah, it was I, – I, I, I did, like, proper drink protocol, so I had the gels mixed in the bottles, took one at, during each float, um, and – Derek, he, he rode next to me. It was a crosswind like the entire time. Don't remember having any headwind or tailwind, so that was quite good. And, yeah, it went, it went a lot better than I expected, actually. I, the, last, the, last, um, the last lap or the last 6K, I was uphill, pushed a bit harder, ran a bit faster, and still felt good. So, yeah, it's just, it's just keep... You there? Yeah. Say I'm that. Here. Say that line again. It cut out. Just trying to keep a lid on it at the moment, oh, but it's feeling good. Just lessening the noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's plenty. Of, not much noise down here, mate. Not in this house. Pretty you, salt. You boys, you boys, and your bikes. Jeez, what's going to happen when uh, there's no bikes in Berlin? What about him? Derek? Derek, you stay to the side of me. And, and he did. He didn't go in front of me one bit. So I love how he put different. in his notes as well, like bike next to me. And then in his description on this podcast, he made sure he said the bike was next to me like three times. Yeah. Uh, it's but a I, different sure style he, of pacing. Yeah, that, that's because there was a crosswind. He was protecting you from the crosswind. Yeah, well, oh, you no, can't protect like, Hypocrite. Yeah, you just go next to him. <laughs> one bike, yeah. one bike only. <laughs> one bike, yeah, tuck in, yeah, right, yeah. How the four percenters on that one? Um, that was the longest I've run in them, thirty k all up. They feel and right. Oh, uh, they felt good. To, but but at the end, like I've 
I've actually pulled up with a bit of a sore soleus, like low down in the calf, got really tight at the end. And it could have been due to the camber because the road had a solid camber on it. Mm. Um, and I was always, oh, yeah, it just, I felt myself just slopping around in them a bit because they're a bit, they're really soft, especially through the heel. And maybe I was starting to land through my heel later in the, the run and I could just feel what was going on around my ankle. And, and I'm, I reckon I'm paying the price. That's why I didn't, the, the calf is real tight. Um, and I, it was the shoes, 100%. The shoes, they're just a little bit too unstable. But that was the, that's a good sign. 30K got to the end. They still felt good at the end, but I got sore afterwards. Mm. So just to give some people some context, you ran the first um, 6K in 1941, 317 pace. 1.5K float at 344 pace. Next 6K at 1949, 318 pace. Another one and a half k float at three fifty one pace. Third six k nine thirty eight, so three sixteen pace. Another one and a half k at five fifty one, so three fifty four average. And then the final six k, which you spoke about nineteen twenty seven uphill, three fifteen pace. Pretty solid stuff. Yeah. Yep. I was. You've got me right. Like, <laughs> the um. The session, I was woke up in the morning and thought, oh, shit, this is going to be a tough one. And first rep, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be long. Second rep coming back, thinking, just get through this one. And then the second and fourth, the third and fourth reps just felt good. Like, it's a mental thing. You can see the end. And it, I was, yeah, I was happy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we go. I've got a couple, two more benchmark sessions, I reckon. And um, yeah, couple of questions on that one. First one: Was it meant to be at marathon pace, and you got carried away, or you pushed it? <clears throat> well, that's an interesting question because who knows what our marathon pace really is? So that's tricky because we all have these goal marathon paces, but I've never been in this shape before. So I feel like I'm trying to run it to rhythm and get in and get in the I've, I've run enough marathons now that i know the intensity that i can hold for a marathon and that's the, the the goal of these sessions is to find that intensity and do the workouts at them and if it's 320 good if it's 325 that's fine too and if it's 315 oh well that's good so that's that's how they end up being either a little quicker or a little slower than than maybe what I predict at the start. Yeah, right. I'm going to go straight to this glistener question because it's exactly about what we're talking about now and I don't want to get into it later on. It's from, um, hang on, let me scroll up, Shane from Richmond. Uh, I am just curious as to how some of the workouts you guys have done. Sorry, I can't read. Let's go, I'm going to start back. I am just curious as to how some of the workouts you guys have done, this doesn't make sense, particularly Spency that was supposed to be at marathon target pace, but he ends up going being well under 320 average. Does that mean he's shooting for sub 218? But you can't mm. answer that, yeah. I see what he's trying to say. And uh, Yeah, it's a good point. In the past, what I've done is run... Um, chased workouts where it's gone faster where i've pushed to the end and i'm hands on my knees and i'm and i'm cooked so 
I, I really want to avoid that now and run the workouts more to, to how I feel. And it, if I'm going to do that and truly do that, like, and be honest with myself, then if I run them faster, I should run them faster. And if it, like, if it feels right to be a little quicker, it's right. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I'm going to run 318. I'm just saying that this is this sort of intensity that I'm doing these workouts at are how I've felt during marathons in the past. And the paces are different now. I hope you don't run 318. Oh, you mean no. 318 pace, 318 marathon. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, whatever. Isn't that <laughs> the same? It's about the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> and my second question was the one and a half K floats. You've been doing a lot of one K floats. Was it just because, or to make this session a bit longer or needed longer to recover? Yeah, both actually. So I thought, in my head, I thought I might need a little longer to recover from a 6K effort. But to be honest, when I was out there, they didn't need to be that long. But because it was on long run day, I, I, I wasn't too fussed about it. It was, it's really only another like less than two minutes. Um, I probably, I, I probably only needed a cage for this session as well. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's right. Like to get the session a little longer. Um, yeah. Well, Brad, you have any questions on that session? No, good session. It's, Thanks, mate. it's a good I session. I think with that, with that question about trying to hold reps at marathon pace, like, you know, I guess it's always a ballpark. And I think what Julian said about, you know, if it's under 320, great. If it's over 320, don't get too concerned about it because at the end of the day, a 320 in training is going to feel a hell of a lot harder than a 320 in a race situation when you're completely tapered and, you've got more adrenaline and you know it's you you find an extra gear when it's a race so if you can hold if, if your goal marathon pace is 320s but um and you're only doing them in on oh no, 323s in training it doesn't mean that you can't run 320s on race day yeah, so, I, t- yeah. I totally agree hmm. and i think if you got the ability to be able to run 318s or 316s when it is you know, your goal pace might be 320. It just makes 320 feel even easier come race day as well. So why not go to that kind of next level so when you drop back, it feels smoother? Yeah, the only thing that I I feel maybe is a negative to what I've done is, and, it, and more, it's just making my watch happy, is being patient at that slower pace and being more, I guess, confident that that like I don't need to go faster and I'm still getting a good workout. So uh, that that's the only thing that I feel like. But then again, like that's just being a slave to the watch. It's not listening to your own body's feedback and and saying, hey, this is cruisy. Like you need you can go faster here, um, and you can maintain like a really smooth rhythm and go faster. And and it's you can like that's the the feedback you should be listening to. I reckon not looking at your watch and going. Oh, I'm going a bit quick. I really need to slow down. Mm, yeah, I reckon. And we've, we've had chats about that as well. Brad? Yeah. I think, I think a good sign for those really long marathon sessions is that you're finishing strong and running on. Mm. Um, I think that's a sign that you, you know, you're doing the workout right. If you're, trying to, you know, if you're trying to hit 320s early on, you do, and then you start to fade, um, that's not, not a good yeah. sign. So. Yeah. Yeah, like yep. if you can run oh, yeah. from 25 to 30K in that session at 315 pace up a hill, that's showing there's still plenty there. Yeah, and that's what it felt 
and in the past these sessions I've done, even when I ran like the fastest I've ever run or the, the best race I've ever run, I, I, I couldn't do these sessions at 320 pace. So I was running, I think I tried to do six by 4K and I got to the fourth or fifth rep and just canned it because I couldn't do it. It was too hard. I was blowing a gasket. And so um, there's a real difference, I feel, yeah, that, that, that's why these are getting quicker. I think what you said as well before, Julian, about how mentally, like how mental these sessions are um, in that, you know, you found the first two reps really hard. And if somebody told you during those first two reps that your last rep was going to be your quickest up a hill, you probably yeah. wouldn't, you probably wouldn't believe them at the time because there's just so much running still to be done and you're still working at a reasonable intensity to think that you're actually going to get faster early on in the session is, you know, is pretty hard. I, I, I know I found the same thing before Gold Coast where I did the two by 10K where I ran like I know, low 33s for the first one. And if somebody told me during that that I would run quicker for the second, like I wouldn't believe them at the time. But I think once you get into the second half of the session, you automatically just find something because, you know, you've broken the back of it and you're, you're on the way home. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's spot on. I like that session too. I think we spoke about it on Friday, Julian, but, you know, the fact that it's 19 and a half minutes, 20 minutes of really being like focus and then you get that five minute kind of break, it just must be refreshing to concentrate on that 20. And it's not a, it's not like you're trying to concentrate for 40 or 50 minutes. It's 20 minutes, hold it together, get to that float, go again. Yeah. Is that how and you're thinking in the session? That's what makes it sustainable, I reckon. Because uh, there's no way I could have gone out and run 30K or 24Ks. Oh, I say I couldn't do it. I might be able to do it, but I reckon it would destroy you if you went out and did 24K at the paces that I did my ons at. Um, whereas with this, you can make it go a little bit longer. You can tax yourself a little less, but you get the same distance at pace. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I like them. I do these sort of sessions a lot, and that's that's actually the last session I do it like that. because oh, that was right my next now. question. Someone else wrote in about that as well. I might just get it, um, get it up. But will you do something without the like? Because you've done a lot of that stuff with the float recoveries. Will you start yeah. canning the floats and just do stuff like continuous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got another threshold workout this Wednesday. Then Sunday I'm doing the long run, and then the following Wednesday I do a tempo a long tempo which is two and a half weeks out and that'll that that'll nearly tie me in with all this big stuff so yeah Perfect. that's 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 exactly what what that guy's thinking whoever that was well that yeah. guy also had a bit of a comment about the navy stuff i'll read it out to you come through this morning this question Hey, you big spunk. First time I've been addressed as big spunk in a while. I know who this is already. Hope you got your phone off and I'm not waking you up because this came through late last night. Good job on the podcast too, mate. Firstly, I'm calling BS on Moose with his Navy story. Although that might be true, he once told me what motivates him is he likes winning and smashing his competitors. He probably realized how much of a toss he'd sound if he said that. So he went with a Navy story. And then he said, question for you boys, do you think you get more benefit out of doing sessions where you didn't float in the middle of them? All right. Do you know who that's from? Mick Lowe? Possibly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I knew. No one else calls you men's bunks. There's only yeah. one kind of <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, changing an agenda. 
Oh, yes. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I definitely don't have the ties that I was doing that stuff because I didn't actually complete anything noteworthy and I'm still a little embarrassed by it. That's why I don't really talk about it very often. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> there's no photos or anything like that. Open, I, your, I, open your soul and people just cut you down. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, I'm, it's funny because it's one thing that I hate talking about and that I um that I, I'm not proud of at all. So I yeah, it's weird because I normally talk about everything and nothing really gets to me, but that that's um that one was a little shitty, <laughs> basically. Too far. So Nick. It's, I, I do have some photos I can send to Nick if he wants to. <laughs> want to uh, <laughs> and then the float thing, I think we covered that already. Yeah, we've covered that, yeah, yeah. You do a bit of float and then you put the continuous stuff on and then you put it together and you run a good marathon. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, that's, with, that's... with with that though, like I do, I do feel like I probably get more from a very long sustained effort. Um, but as Julian said before, it's not sustainable. Like for example, that thirty-five k that we did on the Gold Coast, I reckon I got a massive benefit from that. Um, but you, you can't do that every week. So we we did that, and then we pretty much shut it down for a week straight after it. Whereas when you're doing what like Julian's done on the weekend, 6K with a K and a half float, you can then sort of replicate that again, you know, next week. So um, I, I think you do get benefit from a really long sustained tempo, but you can't do a lot after it because you do risk injury, I suppose. Oh, and spot on. Like Julian did 30K at 324 average, and he'll be right to go again this week. We did 35K mm. at like 327 average that day, didn't we? Yeah, something like that. And we were yeah. cooked. Like, it took me like 10 days to get over that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the thing the thing I liked about that was there was no there was no real break in the middle. Now, there was no real float. Yeah, it was a little bit slower than like marathon pace for us, but you still you you probably have a few more down periods over that long straight tempo where which is a bit more similar to what you're going to have in a marathon. And mentally it's way more of a drag because you're on the line going, yeah. I've got to concentrate for you know, an hour and 40 or an hour and 50 here, not 20 minutes and then give the brain a rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think there's a place. It is. Yeah, I think there's a place for it, but, um, yeah, you basically have to have a very light week to two weeks after it if you're going to do that. Yeah. I've, I, there's a Jared McMullen, if you have a look at his Stravas, he is a massive fan of long, hard tempos. Like, he craves them. And that's what gives him confidence, and he can actually bounce back pretty well from them. So, have a look at his last Sunday, or not this Sunday, the one before, and um, that sort of tempo workout that he does is, uh, I think it's really important for someone who um, thrives on on the strength side of it. And it's just it, it's hard to get to that point to 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 punch out thirty five k at a decent click like that's something that i reckon takes a few programs to work yourself up to it's not something you can do in your first marathon program or um you can just do it straight off 10k training it's something that i reckon it's the 10 weeks before the marathon program you kind of have to prepare yourself for yeah Mm. yeah yeah and like as you said it's it's definitely the strength runners i don't know if you guys know dave crinity yeah 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 i know of him yeah 
Yeah, so he did a workout. So he's doing Berlin. Um, oh, cool. And he's also down to do Cologne the week after. Um, but he's like a massive mileage man. You know, he's 250K a week type thing. Um, but he ran on Sunday 30, what's it here? 32.4K at 319s um, out yeah. at North Head in Sydney, which is quite undulating. So he's a guy that loves loves a long, long tempo. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's a big that's a big workout. Um, yeah, but he's he's a, he's very much a strength a strength guy. Yeah, he's run pretty quick too, fun. hasn't he? Yeah, he has run he has run two twenty like two twenty something I think. Um, yeah, he had a good um, city to surf as well. He had a good ten yeah. k um, down at Launceston too. Like he was just behind me, I think, like thirty one ten or something. I think he had I think he's had some injuries over the last year or so, and so he's on sort of the comeback trail because. He finished just behind me in Canberra, um, but I think he's going a he's going a lot better now than he was then. That's for sure. Is he on Strava? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna have to look him up. So right. Yeah. He, he, he had a guy pace him on the bike, so it doesn't count. How how many? Just one. We'll see. Just one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Better not have been in front of him. <laughs> I think he was because there's a there's a photo of um there's a photo of him running with the, I think the, and the bike's in front of him. So he had a photographer on course as well. Yeah, well, I think that's the the bike man. Oh yeah, right. uh, yeah. selfie over the top. Uh, yeah. I've seen that on Brady's profile before. I wasn't. Oh yeah, actually, there is one of those ones. What about every single post I put up any social media platform this week? Julian just cut me down straight away. Like uh, our beer cans aren't big enough up in a Chukamoama. <laughs> What was the other one? Something about my book week outfit was like my shorts are too small. You gave me those shorts, Julian. Did I? Yeah, just a keyboard warrior over here. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're your old Geelong ones. You know when you were trying to organise us oh, to yeah. all wear that Sacconi stuff? Yeah, yeah it works too. Hey, everyone yeah. loves those shorts. Yeah, I still put, yeah, I still pull them out and wear them in a book week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, right, that's a good way. Hey, when you uh, took your drinks and stuff on board, were you taking those in your float or were you training to get them down at like that 320 sub pace? Um, yeah, I, pro- I did it the easy way. I took them on the um, floats. And to be honest, I got a stitch both times I put them down for about three minutes. So that was a little interesting. Um, but again, it, it was a good session because I had to work through that. So I got two stitches that I had to somehow, like, just, I guess, find a way around it without stopping or slowing down. And so I just changed a few breathing, few breathing um, routines or patterns, and it ended up getting rid of it. But it's, it's just a little bit of more discomfort that you can kind of – that you'll get in a marathon that you need to – almost need to practice getting a stitch in training, I reckon. Yeah. That's good confidence to get through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've just looked up this bloke now on Strava, Brad. He's, uh, he's, that's a massive run. Mm, it's pretty impressive. Good to see you put a comment on there as well. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Always good to support the people. Um, rightio. I might get on to uh, my week. Pretty similar to yours, Julian. Monday night, just easy jogging. I was pretty cooked. Like, I did that 39er with a kick down last Sunday, so pretty cooked Monday. Um yeah, just did 14K with the guys down on the Monday night group. 
one of the blokes who sometimes paces me know, knew I had a massive weekend. He just put in a surge at about halfway around this scenic drive where we where we run. So I was a bit disappointed in him. Um, so yeah, that wasn't much appreciated. Anthony Farrod, if you're listening, thanks a lot. Um, Monday morning, got out for just an 8k in the morning, and then I. Sorry, that's Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, got out for 8K in the morning and then just did a minute on, a minute off times eight. Um, so really oh, half a session, kind of like strides, um, but just holding it for a minute and just really not paying much attention to the to the offs, not probably in between a float and a, um, and a jog kind of session. Went for 16 minutes, just, yeah, just a good way to tick the legs over. I think it was 309 average, uh, 5.1K. Um, just because we wanted to play it safe, especially after that Sunday and, yeah, that 5K last Saturday as well, just to make sure I was in the clear. Um, what did we do? Wednesday, I've kicked back my medium long run during the week. So just because these sessions are pretty big and we just really want to respect them. So just did 16K in the morning and then 7K in the afternoon. Oh, that was the day. I thought I had a stressy uh, Wednesday morning. I was putting my socks on to go to work, actually. I didn't feel it when I was running, but just touched, like, the top of my foot, and it was just super tender. And I've never really had pain there before, and I thought, oh, no, this is um, this is a bit dangerous. And then then at work, oh, we are moving some, like, logs and sticks around at school. I was on yard duty, and we are just sorting out the yard a bit. It was just a bit messy in one section. And this little grade one kid's picked up this kind of pretty thick stick, and thrown it to kind of clear the uh, area, but I was walking backwards directing some other kid, and this kid chucked this stick at me and hit me right in the calf, and I was like, just one of those ones, you know when you roll your ankle and you just like kind of jump and you're like, okay, is that okay? It was just, um, yeah, super painful straight away, and then I thought I was in a bit of trouble Wednesday. I was like, yeah, my Berlin Marathon may not happen. So, um yeah, got into the physio. I got into my massage guy on Wednesday night and went there, and he kind of said, "Yeah, your calves are right. It's just a bit of a bit of contact on there, and there's nothing nothing damaging there." So he kind of rubbed it out where it was. It felt like a bit of a corky, you know, when you just know there's nothing serious, but it feels like it's going to hang around for a while. And then um, he also said in my foot, my the muscle that goes up your shin that was a bit tight, and we did a bit of cupping and stuff on that, and that loosened it up. And yeah, haven't felt it since, which was good to kind of get in there. Um, Thursday, yeah, four by three k with one k float. So I chucked the four percenters on for the first time, um, and yeah, they're so good. Like I, I was. It feels like nothing I've ever felt before. So, um, and when I was or when I did some strides and before I started, I was still really. Sorry, I don't know if it feels good. It feels so different, but the response you get from them feels so good. Um, kind of banged out a couple of 31s and 32 200-metre strides in them just to get the legs ready and then um, put them on for the session, which was 4 by 3 k with 1K float. Originally, this session was 4 by one k with three minutes recovery and trying to get them in around 9.20, but the coach and I had a bit of a chat and we thought it would be more beneficial if we do the float and make the K a bit longer in duration, so just what we've been talking about. And... Yeah, I don't know if it was the shoes or maybe because I had Tuesday easy, but the effort to kind of, you know, we're looking at 310 kind of average and I think I hit kind of 923 average for the for the 4x3Ks and having that K float after not having floats in my sessions for ages, um, 
just super felt super easy like the I think that was probably more impressive than my Saturday se- session actually just because it felt um, just how easy 308s 307s were were rolling and I'm not sure if you find it with the shoes as well Julian it's almost if you're feeling a bit fatigued like in the last rep I was feeling a bit dodgy and you could just push your foot down a tiny bit bit and it just like just bounces back straight away like it's almost like you're tired and you just go bang bang and your feet are just bouncing up again it's um very strange but good feeling yeah i don't i've i don't know we probably have probably have different feet yeah. the longer it went the longer it went to me the the more trouble i get in with them um but you don't don't talk it up too much or that you'll get them banned yeah yeah <laughs> They're our little secret at the yeah. moment. <laughs> oh, and I must admit, like, I kind of, oh, when you've been banging on about them the last couple of weeks like, or months, I really wasn't buying into it too much and probably only bought a pair on impulse when we were talking about it the day they went on sale. And that's probably why I haven't really been in them. Like, they've been sitting in the top of my wardrobe for two or three weeks and I kind of thought, oh, I'll give them a go in this one. And, um, yeah, I just, different. And I kind of think I said to you, like, the Luna... Like, I've been banging on about the Lunar Racers, having an old pair of them. These feel like it's, like, three Lunar Racers put in one. Like, the amount of bounce is, um, yeah, quite strange. But, yeah, it worked for me. Like, they're shaping up to shaping up to be the race shoes at the moment, I reckon. It's um, it's hard to call, but, yeah, they're looking good. Are you definite to wear them? Yeah, definite. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a good sesh. So that was, like, 16K at 3.15 average, which I was happy with. Like the heart rate data was good. Um, yeah, I couldn't complain at all uh, with that one, which was all right. Um, Goody. Yeah, I was happy with that. And even, I think, you know, like 161 average for the heart rate, which was good. I did have a pacer on the bike. My um, Faz, who I was just, uh, Faz, who I was just talking about before, he uh, sent me a message on, well, what night was it? Wednesday night. He just quit his job. So, um, oh. yeah, quit his job. Maybe because he spent too much money buying shoes off Julian earlier in the month, but um, I'll find him some more. <laughs> yeah, he quit his job and he's starting his own business and stuff, which is yeah, good on him for for um, stepping away from working from someone else and working for himself. And yes, yeah, he sent me a message just saying his work phone's you know gone now and this is his new number. And I just said congratulations. And then I woke up to a message. When was that? Thursday morning and he, he'd had a couple of beers and he'd sent me a message about 1.50am saying, mate, I don't have a job anymore. If you need me to pace in any sessions, let me know. So um, I took him up on that offer because usually on my Thursday off, everyone's working and it's pretty hard to find pacemakers up here. But um, yeah, Faz is definitely just number one pacemaker from now on, seeing he's uh, unemployed until he starts this new gig. Uh, what I do Friday was pretty chilled out just two jogs again um, yeah what I do 9k in the morning and um, 10k in the afternoon so that was good and even like how light is it now in the morning I think I was kind of left home at quarter past six and it's kind of sunny enough to be on the trails come um, you know 6 30 which is pretty uplifting this time of the year and then Saturday, the big session for me, so it was 10Ks at 3.40 pace into 15K at, you know, um, marathon pace, goal marathon pace, whatever, 3.19s. We've kind of kind of said that that's the pace we want to go at. And then the plan was to do 5K at 3.12. 
Um, I was a bit worried. I was talking to Julian Friday and wasn't sure how this session would go. And yeah, even the first 10K at kind of that 340 pace, it just, I had the same feelings. You did, Julian. I was like, yeah, it's going to be a long day out today. It just didn't seem to, just didn't seem to have too much pop in my legs, which was probably, you know, that, that 16K, um, 3K reps was kind of 48 hours before. So I didn't have a lot of time to recover from that and just didn't feel any spark or freshness. But once we kicked down to um, 319s, it, it just clicked in. Like it was, I think I've spent so much time at that pace that uh, my body just knows to be able to hold it at the moment. And yeah, had Faz again, Anthony, who I've spoken about about 18 times in the last five minutes. He, um, he came out on the bike again, which was good. Uh, it was a still day. It's been the stillest day we've had for ages, which was good. And yeah, kind of went out to went out the highway to this uh, uh, kind of bike park, which is about eight k out of town. But you can it's got a bike, um, a kind of gravelly path the whole way out along the highway. So kind of went out there and turned around and come back. And mentally, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I just had my Garmin set for every five k, and just kind of worked on just keeping the average pace for every 5k kind of three three nineteen ish and kind of hit that exactly on the um on the head my first 5k was in oh, the first 5k was 1810 for 338 average but then it was 1806 for the next 5k for 337s and then 1632 1631 1631 and then 1550 for the kick down 5k so Felt like junk the first K of that kick down, but then just settled into kind of 310 pace pretty comfortably. So very happy with that session. That was in total 30K at 323 average. It's funny, like Julian, you did your session. I think both our sessions were 30K, both were at 323 average. And I think mine was like eight <laughs> seconds quicker than yours overall. And that's it. Yeah, I didn't even realize yeah, that. Pretty, exactly. pretty difficult way to get it. Different way. Different way, but I think both have got their both they got at their benefits. I think this session's probably going to bang me up more than your session will. Like the will take me longer to recover. Um, yeah. But I yeah, look, that look, your session looks harder than my session. That's how I look at it. I think mentally my session was probably a bit trickier because I knew that you know from ten k to thirty k I had twenty k where I really had to be you know three nineteen at the slowest and it was a long time to try and maintain that pace. Um, yeah, and it yeah we practiced drinks and gels and all those kind of things and I as I said Faz kind of had his watch on the pace and I just kind of made sure every five k was around about went through a patch at oh, my twenty second k was three twenty three and it was it was all flat the whole run kind of thing and kind of just zoned out for a bit it felt like I was pushing a bit too hard but you know then I went three seventeen three fourteen three twenty and then into the kick down in three twelve three twelve three eight three ten three nine so it didn't didn't feel as fresh as I would like three nineteen pace to be, but I think when I chuck a taper and the adrenaline of a race and all that kind of stuff on top of that that three twenty pace should feel pretty relaxed and to know that I ran fifteen fifty um for the last five k with twenty five ks in the legs is is a good sign. It's a very good sign. Yeah. Yes. The last five k's impressive. That's that's a good sign. Yeah, it was. I wasn't sure how much damage, and I'm still I still don't know how much damage like three forty pace did to me that first ten k. Like I think it tied my legs a bit, but I'm not sure how much that's that's worth. In um, 
it was probably it was in yeah, why we did it. It was a good way to get thirty k in the legs without smashing myself for um, you know a huge amount. You know, because a third of that session was still at uh, pretty easy pace, I suppose. But um, yeah, I didn't do the numbers, but my coach has. He reckons the last uh, half marathon was sub sixty nine. So it's um, yeah, it's probably an extension of what I did because I did that session two weeks ago, but I did it without there. 10k leading so um kind of a yep. progress that and yeah the heart rate data was good and that it felt easier and yeah so that's a good sign going forward and then really respected it yesterday went out with the we got a group of triathletes here a few of them are going over to um over to the states for the world ironman champs in a couple of weeks so went out with those boys on the trails yesterday and just did two hours at um, kind of 452 average you know probably the first hour was kind of 510 average and then we started working it down when we got back into town but that was probably the best thing for me just to switch off didn't look at me watch single trail um, just at the back of the pack and just just move the legs not worrying about pace and that was my week about I think it was about 178 which was which was good so happy with that yeah so solid good. again mm, solid again um Probably, yeah, not much more. I don't know, four weeks out, it's not a huge amount to still come, but it's, um, yeah, there's still, a, there's still a bit to get done to go on top of that. Oh, there's still a lot that can go wrong. <laughs> what did you say? You um, two more sessions that you're going to base a bit on? Two more. Two more big, big sessions, and then two or three other smaller sessions. That's how it's gonna. That's how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Good. Good. Hey, uh, yep. I know you got to go, Julian. So we might just hit one of these questions tonight. You happy with that? Yeah, mate. Go on. Good. Please. Let's um. Let's get to the one about the Australian running scene. I sent that through to you, didn't I? Oh shit! Yeah, tough one. Oh God. Do you, not, do you not want to go there? Brad can answer this. Brad can answer this. You ready, Brad? Um. Yeah. Go on. I'll read the question. <laughs> Hey, fellas, love the show. I'm bantering the Road to Berlin podcast. Hope this question gets you in time for recording this week. See you below. What are your current thoughts on the current state of Australian distance running given last week's half marathon championship results? Collis, Hamer and Mitch, all good out front, but then a huge drop-off for the rest of the Australian guys. The next best were 68.02, 68.59, 69.15. Not hard to run top 10. Uh, and also yesterday's national cross country champs winning time was thirty thirty from Andy Buchanan. Actually, he didn't say that, but a good uh, good friend of Bendigo pacemaker down there um, on a flat course. Albert Park ten k the seventeenth place getter William Potter was fourth. Oceanic Marathon Championships won in two twenty four fifty nine. You blokes did touch on this when you paced it. Why aren't you guys and other people supporting these races? Hope this gen- generates a good conversation. Thanks, Sam. He's done his research. He knows his stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It could be a girl. Sam, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. They didn't give us a last name. Um, Brad, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. Like, I went through a period where I ran National Cross um, and, you know, Nationals on the track. And I guess it comes down to what what an individual wants to get out of their running. Um, if you place importance on finishing top 10 at nationals, then I guess you, you, pay your, you pay your way to go to the Sunshine Coast to run a half marathon. But um, I don't, like for me, for example, I don't, 
I don't place a lot of emphasis on finishing in a position on, you know, in a national championship. I much prefer to just put all my eggs in one basket and try and run a, a time. Um, and that's what I've always loved about the sport is just me trying to beat the clock, whether it be on the track or on the roads. Um, and I think also a lot of the national championships now, like national cross means nothing anymore. Like, it's, you know, like all the top guys will, will turn up for the world cross trial. So unless there's an incentive, like if you know, if you win National Cross, if they made if if they made the winner of National Cross an automatic selection for World Cross, then you'd probably get, you know, the depth would be there. So there needs needs to be more incentive, I think, for people running national championships. Um, you know, like look at for me, for example, if I wanted to go up and run the Sunshine Coast half marathon, it would have cost me, I don't know, a thousand plus dollars. Whereas I could go and find a local fun run within two hour drive and probably pick up a thousand dollars. So there's not a lot of incentive to travel for national championships. Um, like I remember I got, I got bronze one year in the three K. Um, okay. Well, it must have been like 2008 or something. And it was behind um, Mottram and Collis. And the only reason I ran the three K was because I didn't qualify for the 1500. And like, I don't place really any emphasis on that because I know there's no way I was the third best you know, 3K runner in the country. I was far, far from it. Um, so I don't place a lot of, yeah, I don't place a lot of importance on national championships. So, yeah. yeah um, you think, well, obviously, are you saying that most people in that same boat not putting that emphasis on Australian championships? Well, not if, well, I don't know. Would 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 you spend $1,000 to go to the Sunshine Coast to say that you finished fourth in the national half marathon champs? And it comes back to, what why you why you run if you get satisfaction out of that then that's probably where your focus is whereas my satisfaction is just me running pbs um and if there's a race if there's a race that i can do that and it happens to be a national championship then i'll do it if not i'll go somewhere else Mm. julian Mm, yeah, well, good opportunity for the oh, wise man to come out now. I reckon that was a great mate, response, Brad. You could be the new wise man there. I reckon. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. Um, I think if you can answer this question well, you can solve the problem of athletics in Australia. Bring athletics <laughs> in Australia. That's a, that's a very difficult thing to do because I love reading old books and I love reading about how. In whatever year, in the late 70s, early 80s, the field at the Australian Marathon Championships was won in, what, 212, and then it went 20 deep under 220, and it's just amazing to read about what used to happen. And even for some of the cross-country races around here, it, it's, on a, it's on a local level too. It's not, just, it's not just a national level. Like, the local cross-country here gets very few of the, the good runners in the area to, to actually compete. Um, it's it's almost like the sport's gone a little bit more selfish and, and people don't run for their state or their club. Um, there's more emphasis placed on their own results. That's, that's probably the best uh, or like the, the most reasonable explanation that I can see. Um, I, I managed the, obviously Brady knows, but I was in charge of Geelong Cross Country Club, where, oh no, Geelong Region Cross Country Team, where we, um, we compete as a team in the AV, and that was the, we won a championship that year, and that was 
the, one of the best running experiences I've ever had. So I love competing for a club. Like I think it's, I think it's one of the best things you can do in running is to, to be there on the day at an AV race with the relays going on or to, to get around at the Bandura and, and look back and see like trying to count numbers and work for each place. You know, every place you take kind of scores a point. So I'm more, I like that sort of running because national, like we're, oh, maybe not you guys, but me, like I've never really felt comfortable being at a national level because I still haven't run under 30 minutes and it's, it's another level outside of me. So the question is probably not too relevant for, for where I sit. Um, I'm more like, why aren't, why is an AV getting stronger and stronger and why isn't local cross country getting stronger and stronger so and and let's <laughs> how come back in the in Moner and Deke's day that they had 10 blokes behind them that are all running faster than this year's lap of the lake winner that's it's all the same question I reckon mm, I agree with you do you think it's oh, one of my maybe responses to that email is there's way more races now as well like it's easier for kind of second tier sub elite guys like us to go to big international marathons overseas so we'll make it our focus to go to those races there's so many fun runs that um pop up and there's probably you know not as many runners to go around for the amount of races there are yeah so that's the other thing there's a lot of glory to be had by those sort of second or third tier guys they can win a different race every weekend if they search hard enough and there's obviously like this social media world where everyone is a lot more of a profile being built and they might not have the same training groups where respect is sort of earned in the big races rather they're getting a lot more kudos on Strava or they get um heaps of likes on their photo for coming second at a, a medium-sized run when at the same weekend they could have come out come 30th at national cross but it would have been a much tougher and a harder run. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah. That reference to William Potter, I think he had a, he put it out there on the line that day as well. Like that's, I don't think that's fair on him to say he was 17th at Albert Park and 4th at National Cross. I think he probably had a bad day. And we went past him because he went too hard that day. Julian is, probably deserves that 4th place at uh, National Cross pretty easy. Yeah, it's hard to pull out a result and, and sort of... I think what Sam was saying is, like, the national cross-country. I don't think Harry Smithers would mind if if I said, if you took all the Australian runners, then he's probably not the third best 10K cross-country runner in Australia. Um, I think that was more Sam's point, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. he would be the first to understand that and accept that. Hmm. And you're right, Brad, you stack that up against yeah. a national cross result and you go, right, well, this is where Australian distance running is. Look at those results. The cross-country yeah, trial, if, sorry. Yeah, but that's it. If national cross, if in the selection criteria for world cross, that top top four national cross are automatic, I reckon the field would have been stronger last weekend. Yeah, for sure. And you've <laughs> so, got to remember, a lot of our top-tier guys are over in Europe and stuff, like doing yeah. their campaigns over there. Yep. But it would be it would it would be awesome if imagine if Australia actually could have a mar like have a marathon trial like get to the get to the point where some marathon like probably one of the Australian ones actually turns into a trial it'd be pretty cool 
Sid- Sydney's kind of going to happen like that. They've got to have a spot for the world champs. I don't think it's going to be a spot, but it's going to be like they're going to, yeah. I was talking to, um, is it Wayne Larden? Yeah. Yeah, at Launceston 10, and they've got some rights for, I think the world champs are in Doha or something in two years' time. So next year's mm-hmm. Sydney Marathon is going to have priority for people who run that race. But Sydney's a hard course. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's not fast. I think it's only one spot. I think it's more, you know, if you run the qualifier on that course or you go to Berlin and run a qualifier, they're going with a guy who ran Sydney. Okay. To a certain Good extent, on. yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, you can't you can't run five minutes slower than the guy in Berlin and still uh, get picked, I wouldn't expect. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah, fellas, good work. I reckon that's enough. Thank you. Thanks for your time again, gentlemen. Next week. Talk yep. to you then. Good luck, Brad. Hopefully you get out there for a trot this week. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, good luck, Brad. Yes, cheers. All Stop about... praying for me now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm continued. I'm continuing to pray and dream about you. <laughs> Every morning. Thanks, boys. <laughs> Have a good week. Train and Julian. Talk next week. Yep. See ya. See, See ya. you guys. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.